Hi, I'm Paul. And I'm Beck. And this is DVD Clutter. We're back. Another week, another DVD. Series of DVDs? Well, it's just it's just one disc. I can oh, it's one disc. show you Ooh. the inside of oh, the case. Oh, very good. The DVD is still in my DVD player. Um, oh. So I was just finishing hot, watching the special hot off feature. off the press. Yeah, that's it. Um, happy Easter. Oh, is it Easter today? What? That's next weekend. Oh, it's, fuck. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah, happy Easter. I definitely understand how this works. Mm, yes, because everyone knows that we do this live. That's right. Every, <laughs> That's right. every time someone presses play on the podcast, it sets off an alarm for us and we just start recording. Jump out of bed, whatever time it is, yep. wherever you are in the world, we are ready. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> That's why, you know, if you talk to someone else who's listened, you're not going to get the same content. It's going to be different. No. We can't it remember is. it word for word. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, today we are listening. We're not listening. We're not you're listening. listening. You're listening to us talk about... The IT crowd. Fan favourite. Yeah, version one, as it says on my DVD. So, that just means series one. Yes, series one. The first six episodes. Mm. The British... They know how to make a TV series. They sure do. You know, six episodes long, it's all you need. Don't need any of these 22 (laughs) episodes. I feel like this is pointed commentary about me making you watch Buffy. It's taken a bit of time, that Buffy. Just wait, you're going to make me watch, what, like how many seasons of The Simpsons? Yeah, it's true. They're only 22-minute episodes. (laughs) Yeah, but I've only got, look, after you've done season two of Buffy, you're pretty much over. It's done. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the IT crowd. Yeah, I guess we're not onto Buffy just yet. Um, No. The IT crowd. So this is a Graham Linnan TV series who I guess our listeners will probably know, undoubtedly know some of his work. Yep. Um, he wrote, first of all, uh, Father, Father Ted, Ted. Yep. and then followed up with Black Books, along with Dylan Moran, obviously. What else has he done? IT Crowd. These were his sort of three big ones. I, I, saw, I saw on Wikipedia he did some other stuff, but these are the big ones, I thought. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I just had a quick look because I thought there was another one, but yeah. Why would you want anything else, really? Three of the best shows. That's right. I I can't fault any of them. Well, I can, and I will (laughs) several times. But (laughs) sort of part of this podcast. That's right. But uh, for the most part, these were all three of these were were favourites at at one point in time. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So should I talk about how it came into my life as it is my DVD? Yes, it is your DVD. I would like to know first of all. Can you? Is this because I haven't seen the DVD physically? You've just shown me then because we are once again social distance podcasting mm-hmm. is this just a standalone dvd or does it come as a part of a box set it is just a standalone dvd oh i thought i assumed you would have the other seasons as well uh, i do oh okay <laughs> great um so i guess like a, a lot of people around australia uh wednesday nights on abc is just their comedy block mm. and as a family growing up we always used to watch it so for ages the sort of staple of it was it would start with spicks and specs which is a music, music trivia, trivia show. Yeah. Uh, then there'd normally be something Australian, then something imported. And it introduced me to so many British comedy shows and so many Australian comedy shows too. Yeah. But um, that's definitely where I started watching Black Books. Right. And the IT crowd. Yeah. So I remember watching the first series and then for some reason, I can't remember what it was. I didn't, maybe I was, my school did one of those like term long camps where you go away for a oh, full term. Where did you go? Um, to King Island. Oh, I didn't know that for a whole term. Yeah. Bloody private schools, tell you what. I know, I know. No, I'm, um, just, I'm, was... I'm acting out of jealousy. <laughs> it was pretty good. Yeah, of course it um, was. That sounds great. But I've missed the second series and I remember getting that on DVD and then watching it through like that and then feeling like I had to fill yeah. out the collection. Yeah. Yeah. 
So you have all three. I've got Wait, all four. Wait, four? Is there four? Yeah. 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 I don't have the special though. Oh, they did a special? I wasn't aware. Mm. Yeah, they did a special a few years later huh. um, called Here Comes the Internet and it just sort of ties up all the loose ends. Oh, cool. I'll have to watch that. It's, it's pretty good. I watched it on iVu, I remember. iVu? <laughs> yes. That's a, is that a Kate's thing from the catering show? Yes. Yeah. yeah they did a really funny COVID-19 uh, PSA. Oh, yeah. Did you watch that? Yeah. yeah. I oh, haven't watched bit. all of them yet. Oh, I think there's only one. Oh, because wasn't it released in chunks on Twitter? Oh, maybe it was. I watched the whole thing on YouTube. Uh, you have to watch the last one because they talk about teachers and it's okay. funny. I want to yep. tell you now, but I don't want to spoil it. But listeners, you should all go and watch it as well. You can probably fast forward to the la- the final bit because it's the funniest for me. Okay, will do. <laughs> I guess, yeah, so that's how the IT crowd came into my life. I remember like making friends over it, especially in my first couple of years of university. Yeah. Sort of like people that like the IT crowd. I used to have a t-shirt that had a picture of, I'm not sure if it was Moss or if it looked a lot like Moss, but it was just a character with sort of Moss's haircut that was holding a USB and it said, USB, fun for you and me. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and people would always talk about um, the IT crowd when I wore that. So yeah, warm mid-teenage memories. Yeah. So what year did this come out? Can you remind me? 2005. Okay. It was the first season, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So that was my final year of year 12. Final year of year 12. I did it several times over. <laughs> <laughs> um, 2006, sorry. I will. Oh, 2006. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that explains the timing for me in terms of how it came into my life, which I guess I'll talk about a little bit later. But um, do you want to give us a... Oh, no, I have to give a plot breakdown, don't I? Yeah, I think just sort of give, like, the elevator pitch of what the series is about. We won't yeah, go I'm not going to... episode gonna... by episode. I won't go through episode, each episode. <laughs> I'm hoping and praying that everybody knows what the IT crowd is, but if not, it's a British um, sitcom, essentially. It's set in a generic office building where... We don't really know. Random industries. Random industries. We don't, it's never explored what they actually do, but it's like some kind of consulting firm. Who knows? I don't know. Um, yeah. And we are first introduced to the character of Jen, who's just got a job at Random Industries. And she doesn't know, it's a bit unclear what the job is that she's applied for, but she's been accepted. And, and the, the CEO, um, whose name is something Renham, what's his first name? Uh, his name, of course, is Denim Renham. How would you forget a name like that? <laughs> How do we forget a name like that? So Denim, um, tells her that he's going to put her in IT and she's like great I know heaps about IT but it becomes abundantly clear throughout the next you know conversation that she has no idea but she manages to pull it off because he's obviously a bigger idiot than anybody else um, and she gets um, put into IT so she hops into an elevator goes all the way down to the basement where the IT department is and then we are introduced to the IT department which consists of uh, Roy played by Chris O'Dowd yeah and Moss played by Richard Aote I should also say Jen is played by Catherine Parkinson who's in pops up here and there in other British TV shows and films mm. and is great I really love her yeah. as an actress yeah so the, the kind of the, the sitcom or the, the series follows the random exploits of these three people who are all in their own various ways, completely socially inept and outcasts and misfits. So Jen obviously thinks she's a bit more suave or she, she can kind of get by a little bit better than the boys can in the mainstream world. Yeah, she calls herself the relationship manager. That's right, yeah. she does. <laughs> um, and she does, to a certain extent, she, yeah, she is better at, at managing relationships than, than uh, Ross and Moy. Uh, Ross and Moy? <laughs> Mo- <laughs> Moss and Roy, but she still has her own foibles and her own downfalls and is you know inept in various other ways as well so essentially that's it i guess that's that's it yeah i guess we should, we could talk a little bit about the characters in terms of their personalities roy is very like he's a bit gross he's a bit like he's a slob wants yeah 
a bit of a slob, yeah, like eats disgusting food and the whole IT department is an absolute pigsty. And he's like, yeah, wears like t-shirts and jeans and doesn't dress up for work, that kind of thing. And Moss is much more put together and very kind of like straight laced, I guess. Yeah. Very innocent. Yeah. Like, you know, still lives with his mum at home. He's 32 years old and very much kind of that, I don't know, like that stereotypical kind of innocent, nerdy character. Yeah, that's it. They're both sort of uh, the two sort of stereotypes of IT taken yes. to the extreme. The sort of like super nerd in Moss and like the super gross Like gamer teenager. slob kind of, yeah, 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 in Roy. Yeah. Then, yeah, wait, did you talk about the supporting characters? No, I haven't talked about any of the supporting characters. Okay. So, yeah, then the other two sort of major characters, or the ones that sort of get their own little picture on the DVD case, are Richmond, who is the secret third member of the IT group that um, Roy and Moss keep hidden until the episode The Red Door. Yes, but he, he only comes out on two occasions, so... Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely not a series... I mean, he's, he's not a series regular. He, the character of him is um, meant to be... This, kind of referenced i guess but he doesn't i don't think he comes back after season one. Oh no he does a few times oh does he yeah in season two um, i think it's always just little tiny cameos okay he doesn't come at all in season three and then yeah in season two and four he has a few cameos and he comes back in the special oh okay and richmond's played by noel fielding who was a major crush of mine for like uh, the time period in which the it crowd came into my life and myself and a really good friend of mine were we were just doing a, a massive deep dive into all things british tv and and, and he was a big part of that world at this particular time. Everyone loves him because of the Mighty Boosh. Yeah, the Mighty Boosh is great. But yeah, we yeah. that's how we met him yeah. in person. Not really. That's how we like <laughs> came across him. But um, yeah, no fielding. And the other one? Uh, would be Denim Renham, yeah. their boss. Yeah. And he sort of pops up almost in every episode just to sort of yell at them or say something silly. Yeah, he's like kind of just an absolutely ridiculous character who's yeah. managerial style, makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just it. He's sort of like, yeah, a one-note parody of big business. Yeah, yes. And he's played by Chris Morris, yeah. who I don't know from anything else. No, he, he seems to have done, from what I read up on his Wikipedia page, a sort of a lot of more um, experimental sort of comedy stuff. Yeah, which I mean... British TV is great for that experimental comedy. Yeah. Um, do you have any of the Boosh on DVD? Never watched it. Oh, you've never watched it? Oh, it's on Stan. Yeah. You should watch it. I got um really turned off Noel Fielding because he did, and if we held everyone account to their Twitter feed, then, you know, we wouldn't be able to like anyone anymore. But in sort of the earlier days of Twitter, he did this thing where if someone said something bad about him, like gave him a bad review he'd get all his fan base to, like, um, attack them online. I have heard. I've heard of people doing that. Um, which... Actually, I think that's an episode of Black Mirror. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> really, really turned me off him to the point that I, it stopped me from getting into his other stuff. That's sad. Yeah, which, like, he would have been very young at the time. Oh, and I think he's, you know, completely arrogant, which I think was part of the charm and part of why people liked him, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, that confident, arrogant kind of swagger thing that he's got going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, yeah, I just thought that was kind of gross, but I still like Richmond. <laughs> yeah, Richmond's <laughs> a great character. He's a yeah. goth, I don't think we mentioned. Oh, yeah. Um, but that's, he used to be he used to be Denim's right-hand man, and, right-hand man, right-hand man, and then he got into goth music, started with the makeup and, you know, long hair, long dark hair, everything, and um, was slowly rejected by the mainstream yeah until eventually he was shoved off into a computer server room in the basement yeah after a hilarious moment at a funeral of renham's uh dad yes um, where um he, which 
Where he gives him, where he gives the mum cradle of death to listen to. Cradle of filth, yeah. Cradle of filth, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and says that you should listen to track four, coffin fodder. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think that was that bad. He was trying to help in his own way. That's just it. No, it's it's good. It's um good laugh. It's interesting that you brought up Noel Fielding's Twitter because uh, I've got some terrible news about Gray and Linen, which we'll talk about a bit later. Mm, okay. Yeah, not a great guy. Oh no. Yeah, in one particular area, anyway. Okay. Um, well, do we talk about that now, or do we tease that for later? Let's let's talk about that at the end. Okay. I guess this is normally the bit where I do my rose-tinted review. Yeah. Having rewatched the whole series. Um, How long has it been since you've watched it? Because this is the kind of one that you could go back to on a rainy day when you're feeling like something comforting. That's it. I pretty regularly go back to IT Crowd just for something comforting, but realise that really it's not any of the episodes from season one. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I think it's still trying to find its stride during this. Like, there's still, like, I was laughing out loud at moments and stuff, but this was not, like, apart from the one episode, The Haunting of, um, oh, what was it yes, called? Yes, Ben something, Crawley or something like that. The Haunting of Bill Cross. Bill Cross. Yeah. I almost got that right. Yeah. Ben you, Crawley. You did very well. Um, apart from that one, and I guess Richmond's introduction, but I'd kind of the forgotten red the door. rest of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, none of these are the episodes that I sort of... Like, I remembered bits and pieces, but none of them were the ones that I sort of went back to. And yeah, looking back at, looking back at it now, I still like the series, but yeah, I don't think this is its um, golden age. No. A and lot I don't of the think stuff has aged. It definitely has. And I think uh, other stuff in the other series ha- will have aged as well when we go yeah. back to it. But I, I think that, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of series, like you said, a lot of series take a little bit of time to get off their feet. And I mm. agree. The first, I think the first three episodes here, I was like, oh, why did I like this again? But yeah, yeah the last three I quite enjoyed. So Yes, that's it. Yeah, it was getting better. It, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, was there any particular bits that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, I I guess I wanted to talk about the bits that I thought had aged. Mm. There's there's just a couple of moments that you sort of sit in there and you're like, oof, that's very jarring. For for starters, there's one line where Roy calls Jen a dumb bitch. Yeah, yeah. Like, how off-putting was that? I was just like, whoa. Because it's just sort of off off the cuff, he's just sort of like, ah, settle down, you dumb bitch. And I'm like, whoa, not okay. Not okay. On the other hand, if I called you a dumb bitch, no, nah, that's not really. <laughs> no, I just don't think... I... But maybe back in 2006, it did have a less of a, uh, um, I guess, toxic I think sting it to did. It. I yeah. think it did, yeah. Um, I, I think I used the word bitch willy-nilly. Yeah, and now it's, it's one of those ones that really, I think, especially in the last five years, do feel a lot worse, have become more weighted. Well, I think, I don't know if you think this is true, but it, it just reminds me of the, the hate campaign against Hillary Clinton. Mm, which yeah. I know that it's, it's the witch, but yeah, come that's, on, we can yeah. put two and two together. And I think that's kind of, maybe we're, I don't know, why do we think that now? Why do we feel like that? I'm not sure. There was also, there's a moment in episode two with uh, some Japanese businessmen that are coming to visit Renum Industries. Oh, yeah, I made a note of this too. Look, some of it, I think that they, they do tread the line right and it is sort of humorous, but then some of it is just racist, you know? Yeah. Well, um, consistently referring to them as Japs. Yeah, which I think, like, they're going for the joke there, but in that Renum's a dick of a character, but it just doesn't, it doesn't sit right. Oh, uh, yeah, it, it didn't work at all. No, but like, you know, there's some funny bits like when one of the businessmen treads on Jen's toes 
she just completely swears at him, and then the translator comes in and, st- and does the translate. Yeah. You know, little bits like that, I was like, okay, they kind of had an idea of what was going on here, but it all seemed they really needed to edit it down or get rid of it, I think. Yeah, I think I think that's true. I think there's, there's pieces in it that are really funny that they play really well and the, the comic timing I think is so important in, in a kind of a series like this and I think sometimes they nail it and sometimes it's not great or the joke isn't great the, the joke's not worth it yeah and I guess we always come down to our same thing that we have with comedy when we rewatch it is that comedy by its nature is supposed to be timely not timeless and yeah anytime you're revisiting it you're kind of like uh <laughs> yeah um what else did some it... some are timeless though oh yeah yeah you know someone falling over Always fine. <laughs> well. <laughs> um, the other one, uh, well, there's two more that I want to talk about, but one of them I think is going to be a bigger conversation. In the episode I really liked, The Haunting of Bill Krause, yeah. the B story do you is wanna, about... Do you want to give a little breakdown of the main story? Oh, yeah. Well? So I think this, this story is great because it's about... Jen goes on a, a date with this guy and he turns out he's a complete dick. Swear, um, so like swearing at waiters. We yeah. can't share even though we're at a tapas restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Like, turns out he's a complete dick and tries to sort of blow him off. But they work in the same building. So she says to Moss, if he comes down here, just say I'm busy and tell him to go, tell him to go away. Yeah. But Moss has a real problem with lying and he tells her this. So instead of just saying she's busy, he says she's dead. Yeah. Well, he starts, course, he starts with she's busy, but then he asks some probing questions and Moss is not yeah. prepared for that. <laughs> he was like, I've got, I've got she's busy. That's all I can handle. Yeah. If you're asking me what she's busy with, I can't handle it. She's dead. That's it. And um, then it snowballs out of there. But the, the reoccurring joke is that this guy, Bill, keeps on saying that he'd slept with Jen. I was the last when- person to sleep with her. <laughs> Yeah, when he wasn't. So Jen isn't really dead. And then in a series of <laughs> comical mishaps, Bill keeps on seeing her when no one else does. And he thinks it's a, a ghost coming back to punish him for saying that he'd slept with her when he, yeah. when he didn't. Yeah. Um, which you got to watch the episode. I think it's just hilarious. It's it is a, good, it's a great episode. Highlight of the series. Also, it's because Moss won't drop the fact with anyone that he pronounces it tapas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not tapas. Yeah. And I still use that line all the time. Anyone, someone says, oh, do you want to get tapas or do you want to have some tapas? And was like, ah, it's tapas. It's tapas. And secondly, yes. And secondly, yes, she is dead. <laughs> yeah. It's always good. But anyway, the beeline in that episode is that Roy's trying to pick up chicks on the upper levels. He, I think his word is going for a lech. Yeah, going for a lech. Disgusting. And yeah, which is disgusting, plays to his character, I guess. But the bit where it gets not good is upstairs. He thinks he's gotten in with this woman. Julie or Judy. Julie or Judy. When really he's got this other person and it's this janitor and she's made up to look ugly. She's got hair on her face and stuff like that. And it yeah. just feels super, super uncomfortable. It's awful, sort of. isn't it, that bitch? Yeah. She's, it's, so it's a case of like mistaken identity, I guess. And yeah, yeah, Roy thinks he's got that Jen's friends with this one woman when it's actually someone else. And so then he gives his number to this woman and it turns out that she's this like monster in quotation marks of a woman they make her look like yeah. you know she's she's taller than usual she's bigger than what you would see on tv taller than usual that's not right she's, yeah, she's taller than average and yeah like you said she's made up to look i don't know like well, ugly, ugly quotation marks yeah yeah it's bad and she talks like like a a cockney kind of voice well and even like she doesn't even say full sentences yeah she like yeah. says words like she kind of talks like a Frankenstein's monster, like, you know. Yeah, but not not enough for it to be comical. 
Like, it's still grounded enough in reality that I think it sort of just feels sad. Yeah. And it's it's really bad, especially in this episode where they've gone to pains to be like, this man is bad because of his morals and his personality, where a woman can be bad just because she looks different. Yeah. And you're just like, ugh. The only, um, the only redeeming thing about her character is that at the end, Moss again lies to her and says that Roy has died because she won't stop calling Roy and she's obsessed with him and she really wants to date him. And she like gets really upset for one second and then she's like, oh, well, and la, 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 and kind of walks <laughs> yeah. out whistling. So yeah. I don't know. Like, I think they were they were trying to teach, in quotation marks, teach Roy a lesson for his lecherous behaviour, um, but having but doing that through, you know, using the woman as being the punishment. But I don't know. Yeah, I just think it would have been so much better and easy too to, to make it personality, not aesthetics based. Like, mm. all you need is just a scene at the very start of the episode of Roy on the train and they've got a woman who's like, I don't know, licking her fingers after eating Cheetos or... Yeah. Um... Doing like all, the, a, all the things that he does. Yeah, or like even something worse, like kicks a dog, like, you know. And then he comes in and he's like, I can't believe it. This morning I saw a woman cook, kick a dog. How could anyone kick a dog? She must be evil. Blah, blah, but blah, he, blah. But he wouldn't. In the context of that series, he yeah. would still go for her because she's pretty. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. It's That's actually one of the, the core problems with this series, I think, is the loyalty to the patriarchy and stereotypes of men, yeah. and masculine and feminine. I mean, not... <sighs> Having said that, it does defy some masculine stereotypes, but at its core, I think it is very much like a men do this, women do that. And yes, there are different types of men because we see masculine men in quotation marks and men who like football. And then we see Moss and Roy who don't understand football and are somewhat, I guess, feminine in their ways. But you never get to see that side of things for women. For women, there's only one type of woman to be. Mm. And I think especially in this first season, it really goes away to defend the masculinity of the characters too like the the gross behavior it goes away that this is all right because they're just guys yeah or like oh they're they're hapless guys so it's okay you know yeah they're down on their luck guys so it's okay very much so which i guess brings me to the other thing i wanted to talk about the other episode which is the final episode of the series which is one that we could probably just get rid of i'm gonna shock you right now yeah i actually really enjoyed that episode (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I couldn't laugh along with it. I thought it was just gross. Oh, I thought it was funny because... So, it, it, the final episode yeah. is called Aunt Irma, I think. Or Aunt yeah. Irma comes to visit or something like that. And it's essentially Jen gets her period and um, she's PMSy and she's feeling like... Well, every time that they portray her on screen, she turns into a tentacle monster. Yeah, it's great. I like... feel like that sometimes. <laughs> I, I, I get what you mean and I... Uh, normally I would totally be on my high horse about this, but for some reason it made me laugh that particular day okay. that I watched it. And I yep. think that if it had been written by a woman, it would have been maybe more powerful. But it's kind of it was kind of nice to see periods talked about, you know, in a in the context of this very male dominated show. Yep. And yes, it was stereotyped and overdone and extreme, but that's comedy, I guess. I I am shocked because I thought <laughs> that would be the one that you more than anything had. Yeah. Because I, yeah, I just didn't find it funny. I did find it funny. And I think maybe I also hadn't, I hadn't seen, I like the first four or first five episodes, I could like quote them verbatim. But the, for some reason that episode, I, there was so much stuff in there that was um, unfamiliar to me that I hadn't, I hadn't remembered. So it might've been part of that as well. Yeah. I completely forgot about its existence, to be honest, too, until I, until I watched it. But look, just to give context to the listener, what happens is, yeah. Jen's having a period, the guys find out, and then the guys 
think that they're having their period too. Yeah, they have like breast tenderness. They've synced up. Yeah. yeah. And then Moss stupidly asks all his people in his address book <laughs> he sends whether a, or not they think it could email. happen. <laughs> so they become this laughing stock of the internet. But then also it causes this mass hysteria because all the IT men you see, all across London. That bit I thought was really funny. Yeah. Because, yeah, when they went, I mean, think about the symptoms that you've put in. That's every IT guy. So, you know. Yeah. And um, then, they, they, then Richmond says to Roy, you know how suggestible IT yeah. people are? And he's like, no, we're not. And he goes, yes, you are. Oh, yes, we are. You know, that kind of classic turnaround. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I didn't find it that funny that episode yeah i can't explain it maybe it's maybe it's bad maybe i'm um being a hypocrite but i, I thought it was quite funny no no fair enough each their own <laughs> and look the more periods are talked about the better we've got to normalize that shit and i do yep. feel shit when i've got my period and i feel like sometimes i just wish i could tell my male colleagues and i don't feel comfortable but i feel like i just want to say i feel drained today like i feel completely my energy is completely sapped i feel like i can't i don't have the energy to do this or do that or i'm just really struggling today whatever yeah so i don't know i think i enjoyed it but and is that is it not sort of leaning too much on the stereotype that women turn into this giant tentacle monster? Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. Yeah, it could have yeah. Yeah, been more nuanced, but I don't know. Maybe we can find power in that and yeah. be like, yeah, I am a tentacle monster when I've got my period. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Again, I don't know. I just think it, like, it could have been done funnier, I think, like if she lets them know and then acts like, not like a tentacle monster, but just like, you know, maybe like she's coping fine yeah yeah and, and then they like, go really and Roy you know comes back in from the meeting with her and is like can you believe her just because she's on her period she's telling me to you know like and really I don't know I think the, the joke shouldn't be on her the joke should be more on them yeah which I think it was for the most part okay yeah for me but also like I do sync up with people I work with but apparently really there weird. is no scientific evidence for it so. yeah that it happens lots of anecdotal so they're all the sort of things I had um, issues with I've got some other stuff I can talk about uh, mainly to do with the special features, but let's go into what you've got. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much more. I'll talk a little bit um, about how it came into my life, which I kind of, have, I think, alluded to before. But the, the timing makes sense because I was, well, first of all, didn't didn't watch any of that Wednesday night stuff because of uh, no TV. Not, not having TV. Um, yep. so, so missed out on Wednesday night comedy. But... My parents, my dad loved British humour. So we grew up on um, Monty Python and Blackadder and Faulty Towers. So all that kind of classic British comedy. So it wasn't that hard of a leap um, when I got to college and discovered the joys of the share drive. What was it called? Is that what it was called? (laughs) Yeah, you know, that that one you could get onto in your res that had everything everything on it and you could just download everything for those of you who didn't go to college i'm sorry you missed out i still have like so much stuff from those days (laughs) yeah and so we really got into this we found this one was on the drive then we found mighty boosh on youtube back in the day when you could find whole episodes on youtube because people weren't very good at monitoring it yeah (laughs) that was great and yeah black books i think black books had come earlier so i was pretty familiar with black books by then um yeah so that's how how I started watching it so it was a very much a beloved part of my life as well and tied in with getting to know a whole lot of other British TV shows and just loving seeing like like feeling a part of this world of TV that was happening in, in England at the time and just loving watching people from other 
series pop in and out of each other's episodes. So seeing Noel Fielding in the IT crowd was a lovely experience because it made me feel like, you know, they're all part of one big happy family. Kind yeah, of yeah. Like, and and yeah. it is, I mean, it's massive. The, t- the television industry in England is way bigger than ours in Australia, but at the same time, you still see a lot of this crossover and yeah. a lot of them are friends because they've been doing the comedy circuit for, you know, 10 years before yeah. something they wrote got picked up. A lot of them live together, um, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> if you if you dive deep, you find all these lovely connections. Oh, it's around the same time as we got into Spaced as well, which I have discovered is on Stan. So people should oh, get onto that. Yeah, you should watch it when you get a chance. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have too much more to say other than what you have kind of talked about already. I love the opening shot. The, the, the very, very first shot you see is a, a close up of Denim Renum and then it zooms yeah. out and <laughs> he's sitting in exactly the same position. I um, think the just site- a, a nice little gag. The, the sight gags in the show are like some of the, the best bits. There's yes. sort of little things like that, I think, yeah. Because uh, they're understated and I think they're not, I don't know, they're kind of by yeah. the wayside. They don't go, hey, look, we're making a joke. Isn't it funny? Um, yeah. I found um, the laugh track super jarring. I don't know how long too. it's been I since did... I watched something with a laugh track. I thought it was canned laughter, but I found out in researching for this that they did have a live studio audience. Like that yeah. was, so that was kind of kooky. Strange, yeah. yeah. And, but yeah, he talks about the creator, um, what's his face? Graham. Um, yeah. He very much wanted to do a sitcom in its traditional sense when he brought this, brought this in. Uh, yeah. even though the trend at the time was like you know the office and he was like I, I, he really wanted to keep that art form to an extent alive so he stuck to his guns yeah yeah, but it is it is weird in a new modern climate to have a show like that. I mean, it yeah, it is, and I like I would I kind of you know I would have loved to be a, a member of a studio audience. I would love to be a member of a studio audience now, fi- like filming a sitcom. That'd yeah. be pretty funny, pretty amazing. But I don't think how many how many shows would do that these days. Yeah, not many, if any. Mm. <laughs> Are you laughing because it rhymed? You know, it's, it's that rap. How many dudes you know rock a show like this? Not many, if any, at all. <laughs> I'm definitely leaving that in, but I don't know what it is. Right. You know the episode where he has um, chocolate on his face and they're going on about it being poo? Yeah. I just, I couldn't. Ugh. And also I I hated that that episode because he really forces himself on this woman. You know, they're in the taxi together. This is Roy I'm talking about. They're on the taxi together, Roy and this woman. Oh, yeah. On a date. He's got, yeah, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, he's got like chocolate smeared on his forehead, which he doesn't know. And she's saying, okay, good night. And he's like, oh, I'll just walk you to the door. And she's like, oh, no, it's okay. And he's like, oh, no, I will. And then he like forces himself there. Then they get to the door and he's like, oh, I really feel like a cup of tea or a little lie down. You know, it's just, ugh, it's yuck. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it is treated like she has a very valid reaction to it, but he's still the sympathetic character. Like we still are, are just, we're, we're meant to feel sorry for him. And then he goes on this big rampage about how he's just a nice guy and girls hate nice guys. And that just reminded me too much of that whole incel, um, incel culture, which I think yeah. this stereotype, his his particular character would fit quite well into. Yeah. I, 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 he's sort of a parody of that, but yeah, it didn't feel right in this context. And also that episode ends with, um, so Jen and him are both on different date and Jen is dating this security guard that she's, mucked over by getting him to lose who wants to be a millionaire and he's dating this woman that he found online to prove to Jen that girls All like women want bastards. Bastards, yeah. And the two dates end up together in a really sort of uncomfortable sort of way at the end, that mm. last bit. After her date violently beats up a clown. Mm. Roy's date, of, like, 
runs Falls after him. for him, and mm. then he sort of treats her really poorly, and that's the last you see of them. You just mm. go, that that was very uncomfortable as well. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think it's uh, it's a very simplistic and insulting view on a relationship between an abuser and an abused person. Yeah. Um, or alternatively, we could read it as being a dom versus submissive relationship. Mm. Maybe that might be better if we think about it that way. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Oh dear. Some highlights. Two highlights mm. I've got for you. Yeah. The first one is Moss's dating video that he's put on <laughs> Lonely Hearts or something. Like he's put it on, it's like a, what, what is one of those online websites? RSP, RSPCA? RSP. <laughs> <laughs> that, no, that's for finding dogs. RSVP. Yeah. And it's really funny. He's like making it in his, he's just so clueless. He's filming it in his bathroom at his mum's house. And his mum's like, what are you doing in there? And he's like, go away. I'm doing number twos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's very funny. And then he just he just continues with his dating video. Yeah. Um so that's pretty funny. Richard Aoyde just plays that character so perfectly. Yeah. And all, and all the highlights, yeah, like I, I was going to do favorite jokes of it a bit later. Yeah. But yeah, all, all of my top ones are moss um, related moss moments. Yeah. yeah. My other one is a moss moment when he's doing when with the red door, the episode with um <laughs> I think this was going to be mine too. Was it? Yeah. With yeah. Richmond's introduction, so Richmond's living behind this red door in the office where Jen's never seen him, and Roy and Moss really don't want her to open the door, and Roy is trying to convince her by saying, you know, the office is like a rainforest it's an ecosystem and behind in the distance moss is just standing there doing this interpretive dance about like he's like ecosystem rainforest (laughs) it's just brilliant no it is brilliant my moment from that episode which wasn't that one that i was going to bring up maybe like the c plot for that episode is that moss has made himself a mug with his own face on the (laughs) and he loses it right at the start and then throughout the rest of the episode whenever you see someone drinking from a mug it's the one with moss's face on the bottom it's just it's, it's very yeah, because funny. he made it so that he would never lose his mug again. <laughs> yeah. And of course, it goes missing and everybody else has it except for him. Yeah, so there's definitely, you know, if we could pick and choose our favourite moments and maybe change some of the things, there's still quality in there. Um, oh, yeah. Definitely lent too heavily on, like, there was, a, there was a story about, I can't remember what episode it was in, but there was a kind of subplot where... Jen bought these shoes that were too small for her because they were so beautiful. Second episode. Yeah. And that just, I was like, really? It just felt so tired and so like, women love shoes. Did you Mm. know? You know, I feel like... Yeah, interesting. Felt like way. a reje- rejected script from something else. That, that yeah, like, oh, put this in any sort of context. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, like oh, we need something for Jen to do through the- throughout this episode. Okay, let's just yeah. get her to buy some shoes that are too small. Yeah, so that wasn't great. And I think in general, there's just a lot of like it doesn't have a fresh take on gender, which is not surprising. Given that from my teasing before, I now know that Graham Lennon is a massive transphobe. Oh, no. Like extreme, like to the point of equivocating interventions that help people with body dysphoria and, you know, hormone blocker drugs so that kids can have a little time to figure out their gender identity before they want to go on hormones or decide to to not go on hormones. He likens that process to what the Nazis did in terms of like, is it eugenics? Is that what it's called when they were doing the experimentation and stuff? That's awful. Yeah, and he's like called. There's there was a. I think it was at last year's Pride. There was a anti-trans activists protesting at Pride, and he was calling them heroes essentially. And he's just really, really vocally transphobic. Like not in the sense of like, oh, you know, they can live their life. I don't really agree, but I'll just do my own thing. He's very actively hates, hates, hates 
the whole idea doesn't accept that people he thinks that it's just people who are he thinks it's men funnily enough this is classic classic fucking phobias like homophobia whatever but he's he's focusing on men as well because for some reason he finds it personally threatening but he thinks it's just men using like disguising themselves as women to try and get away with things and he calls them misogynists (laughs) it's so fucking misguided and deaf and like you don't have to understand it but can you just listen to some people's stories and maybe trust that you know, this is a massive process for someone to go through. They're not going to go through it just for shits and giggles. It, yeah. Yeah. It, it looks like that was the end of him too, really. Like, I was wondering what had happened to him, but it was sort of seems like ever since he... Well, that was only became... last year. Or, well, he's been vocal for a while, but last year was yeah, really but bad. Like, but, like, he, he's, um, I guess, work kind of stopped in 2017. Right. And it looks like that's about the same time that he really started coming out swinging. Being vocal about this, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like it's it's pretty revolting and I think there's there have been people who are standing up to him, which is great. And But I haven't heard amazing things about England's uh, relationship with trans folk and I think there's a, a big acceptance over there for, for gay people in general, but for trans people I think it's a big battle is being fought still to this mm. day. So we kind of we kind of think of England as being above us in terms of, you know, um, marriage equality and that kind of stuff but if you're a trans person in England I think it's a lot rougher. If you have um, any experience on that I would love to hear it if you want to shoot us a message or comment on our Instagram or anything but yeah there it is. Yeah that's really gross Yeah, and disappointing. Mm, yeah and I think it'll come up again because I think in one of their episodes in one of the other seasons there's a scene where Roy goes on a date with well I'm not really sure how to refer to the person given that I mean Graham Lennon doesn't understand what he was writing about mm. so is it just is it just like the stand, shit standard comedy joke of Roy starts dating someone and then finds out they've got male genitalia yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and he's like oh it was a man all along you know that kind of reaction yeah um yeah which I look yeah. forward That's to dated very watching poorly. Mm. yeah yeah. yeah, so, I mean, I was pretty sad when I found that out because, like I said before, he's been involved in so many projects that I have treasured That's over it. the years. Yeah. And just since you've told me, I, I looked it up myself, it really seems like, yeah, that's... Um, and hopefully good, because I think as soon as you sort of demonstrate those views, I think you, you've lost your right to work. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, in, you've, in lo- a, you've lost your right a... to represent people who you don't speak for, which that's is... That's it. Uh, yeah, and sorry, not your right to work, sorry, but, like, your right to, uh, I guess... Elsewhere stories have the privilege of yeah being a, a story maker mm, yeah yeah gross yeah isn't it so yeah um did you want to talk about i've got one other thing to talk about and other than that we'll do special features and then i think that's it yeah i think i'll, I'll quickly run through the special features um so there were some deleted scenes that i didn't actually get around to watching because a lot of the time with deleted scenes folks because i've watched a lot you can tell why they're deleted <laughs> like it is it is not because they had so much comedy gold to shove in there it was it wasn't good yep um so <laughs> i just couldn't be bothered watching that i did watch they did have a short film called hello friend which yeah. um was made by graham linham and it, it is actually quite a really good film it's sort of a semi-horror spoof about a guy who buys a new computer and it, it takes over his life mm, okay uh, um so that was quite interesting and a good watch and then they had this featurette called Behind the IT Crowd, where they all refer to it as the It Crowd. <gasps> Do they? Yeah, but I still don't know if it's right, because the whole thing is it's sort of a spoof of behind-the-scenes thing. Like, oh. um, 
there's this guy dressed up with a terrible toupee asking them all these questions right. um, and he sort of focuses on everything but the show like he keeps on asking Graham Lindham about what was it like working on Father Ted and okay. what was it like when you came up with the idea for My Hero and Graham Lindham's like I didn't that wasn't me that was someone else <laughs> okay. so maybe and, he was pronouncing it wrong on purpose yeah and they keep on saying and look at all the fun they had on set and it would just sort of uh, behind the scene shots where they all look really bored or they're just yeah. like you know yeah yeah um so that was that was kind of like kind of funny um, yeah that sounds fun i would enjoy that it was good to see them yeah sort of take the piss of the dvd format a bit um the most exciting extra though which is one i couldn't get because i'm not smart enough is apparently in all the dvds they've got hidden in the files of the dvd outtakes what in the files of the dvd yeah, so you have to put so, it in your computer. Yeah, oh. and do IT stuff with it. But oh no! So there's a, just go there's on a YouTube, se- Paul. Well, that's just it. Um, <laughs> but like, there's a subtitle selection you can make on the DVD called Yeet, and if you watch the subtitles, it just doesn't make any sense. It comes up with weird words or numbers. But apparently, if you go into that file hidden in that file of the thing, there's outtakes. Oh, how did you find that out? Did you Google it? Googled it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that that's pretty cool. Like, sort of that's okay. sort of on brand with the show. So I, I like that it's, as an it's idea. Like a- it's a little nod to the IT people who are actually watching. That's it. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. Kind of cool. nifty. Yeah, that is yeah. nifty. I definitely would never have found it either. I don't know if it's not that we're not smart enough, Paul. It's just that we are not savvy in IT stuff. Yeah. I guess. Also, my computer doesn't have a disk thing anymore. So. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, and I don't think you have to be smart anymore. Like, I looked online, there's like a step-by-step guide of how to do it, but I just couldn't be <laughs> Yeah, but that's not the fun in figuring it out, is it? No, no. Cool. Anything else from the special features? No, that was it. There were some audio commentaries that I'm not going to listen to. Mm, fair. Yeah. yeah. It would involve watching, that, the, watching well, the things again. Well, no, it's especially now that I know that he's such a dickhead. Like, I'm just going... I know, it's bad, isn't it? Yeah. <sighs> Why are people idiots? Can they just not make their art and then go back in a box or something? You know. Well, the, I know, but like, and we're going to get to more more people like this too. Even in our next podcast, it's um it's going to come up as we talk about the executive producer on it and the circumstances oh. in the making <laughs> yeah. of it. Um, yeah. But uh, but it's just in these cases, like you know, I talked about people having bad, like Noel Fielding with his bad Twitter thing, and I think some people get swept up in that because I think there's a difference between some people that made stupid comments on Twitter or stupid comments a long time ago, but have shown growth. Mm. But for this guy to be mm. continually, even up to 2020, to just still be still be such a bigot mm. is disgusting. Like yeah. no a, growth at active, all. No growth, just an active, yeah. active bigot, like a proactive bigot. It is um disgusting and no excuse for it at all. Yeah, it sucks. Um, the only other thing I had to talk about is that they tried to do an American remake, oh, an yeah. American version. Yeah. Um, With um, Jeff from Community. Yes, Joel... McHale. Yeah, Joel yeah. McHale and Richard Aote reprising his role of Moss, Moss. which yeah. <laughs> seems very funny. But anyway, I, I watched a little bit on YouTube and had a little look at it. And it just, I mean, it didn't get up in the end. I think they filmed a pilot and then it was kind of dead in the water. Um, yeah, I, I, I fully recommend anyone to watch the pilot on YouTube. It is just hilarious seeing how they tried to Americanize it. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed lackluster, which I think... Oh, yeah. I, I, I literally... I can't imagine going and doing a remake and being the actors on the remake because I actually watched a, a YouTube video that synced the first episode up. Did yeah, you watch that yeah, as well? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty cool. It's a really interesting watch, but they are literally saying the same words for a lot of the time. You are just, you know, copying someone else exactly what they were saying, exactly what they were doing. There's no freshness. There's no, like, improvisation. It just seems so flat and ugh, yeah. not great. No, it seems, yeah, like a really... 
really bad photocopy. Yeah, I just, I don't understand that. Why do you have to remake everything? Can you not just accept and love the original? I think, uh, I think there is times for remakes, for American remakes, and we can talk about that at a different stage because we've got some films that we can look at that do that. But I, I think it is, it's a different sense of comedy, and I think if you fully apply the American comedy standards to it, it can work. But if you're just going to try and do the British comedy but with American accents, it feels weird. Yes, and that's, that's what they 100% did, what yeah. they did, yes, and that's yeah. not good. But apparently the same thing happened. They made a German version. Yes, The, the, the exact same that. thing happened. It was um, just shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, So it's not Australia, just Americans, it's Germans too. Fuck them all. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have, um, actually, I shouldn't, this is a, a bad time to be swearing at our, our neighbours around the world. Yes, yeah, yep, yep. I take that back and sending lots of love to everybody in the world and hoping that everybody is okay. Um do we have anything that we have Australianized that you know of? Survivor? Um, does not count. <laughs> does not count. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, besides reality TV, I don't think so. But if we have and you know it, please let us know because I'd be really yeah. interested to, to watch it and to watch the original. Because I know they did a Kath and Kim in America and I know that was terrible as well. Again, just I just don't know how you could do. It's like round peg, square hole. Is that the saying? Yeah. Square peg, round hole. Doesn't yeah. fit. Um, well, Paul, time has come. Yeah. Well, originally I was thinking I might wait till we've watched all four seasons and then decide. That's fair. But after hearing what I've heard today, <laughs> oh, I'm very no. happy. No, I like... Maybe when we watch seasons two, three, and four, there might be moments in that that I think, you know, are are so great that I need to keep it for. But this one, really, it's that one episode that I fully like. Everything else, there's some good jokes that I'm glad I revisited. But, um, yeah, no, this one's going to the op shop. Mm, Okay. I support your decision. Yeah. Are you going to feel like if you keep, you know, the third season, are you going to feel incomplete or are you going to be okay? (sighs) So much of my DVD collection comes from that feeling of... (laughs) Oh, no. You know, like I've just got so many sequels to shit horror films because I was like, need need to have them all. Yeah. But part of this part of this cleansing process of decluttering is learning to be comfortable with that. I think. Okay, so, that's good. Season one, and it's gone to the op shop because I still think people can get some laughs out of it. But just I think obviously so. don't don't support this Graham Linen guy anyway at all. Yeah. Hopefully nobody is anymore. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, um, support. Yeah, support the actors. Yeah. Who, as far as we know, aren't evil. Yeah, but we haven't looked into them, so. <laughs> Let's let's just not. Well, um, Chris O'Dowd got nominated for a Tony a couple of years ago. He played um, one of the brothers in Of Mice and Men. Oh, great. And um, yeah, he just basically, I remember all the interviews, him being like, this was definitely not supposed to happen. The world is broken. <laughs> I'm, I'm a shitty Irish comedian and now Aww. I'm... <laughs> That's cute. It was, yeah. Yeah, it's nice. All right, right. shall we wrap it up? We should. Thank you all for listening to us. <laughs> yeah, on our, our Easter special. Yes, uh, get into those chalky eggs. Mm, I am right do. now. Crunch. <laughs> yum, yum. Ooh, yummy. <laughs> Do you know what I just thought of? This is a bad joke, yeah. but it is an Easter special because there was that really hardcore Easter egg on the DVD eh. that you didn't find. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Thanks. Anyway, well, thank you again for listening, everyone. And we really hope that you are staying safe and sane and looking out for each other amid this ongoing insanity that is the world right now. We're going to be back next week doing the 1996 classic Jane Austen adaptation of Emma. Right. It's not Jane Austen's adaptation. No, it is she didn't adapt her own work to screen. <laughs> that would be weird. Amazing, though. I bet she would do a great job. All right. Yep, remember to follow us at DVD Clutter on all the socials. Good point. Yep, um, and rate and review. Yeah, please do. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.